Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tenth Company podcast. Hello. I am Matt, as always, that hasn't changed since the last time. And I am joined once again by Dan Penny. Hello. Elliot Hoff. Hello. And Tom Gosson. Tom will do fine. <laughs> and Mr. Hi, Mr. Tom will do Mr. Tom. Mr. Tom. Good, Good night, night, Mr. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, right, Welcome so I think first, so that was a high five. That's pretty cool. I think first thing is we should go over our weeks in wargaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. starting with you, Matt, because I always start with everyone else. Mm. That's true. <laughs> okay, so, so Matt, what have you done this week? What have I done this week, Tom? Um, <laughs> drew a picture of an octopus. <laughs> he did. Um, it was rubbish. <laughs> It's still on your fridge. Get on with it. <laughs> Get on with um, it. Right, so we went down to Level Up last Friday. Level Up. Level Up. And I had my first go at Infinity, mm-hmm. which was a. took me a while to get used to a dice having 14 more sides than I'm used to. Twenty mm, sided dice is glorious. I just got lost. Sure. So I roll on eleven. Come from Malifaux, we don't have any dice. It's got twenty oh. more sides. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, and I'm picking up the USR Edna box mm-hmm. just to run around having ridiculous action heroes on the table. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the start of the Expendables, mm. it's pretty rad. Um, and then, of course, you managed to gift me with Roger Van Zant, mm. who's a nutcase for the USR Edna. Yeah. He's That's a nice guy. way of putting it. <laughs> Think Michael McConaughey in Rain of Fire. Yeah, he's, he's a big, bold guy who, you read the background on it, it's like, the troops really love him, but they're terrified of him. Yeah, to look up Infinity, just go on the website, which is infinitythegame.com, mm. and that will give you everything you really need um, about, about that. to get stuck in the world of Infinity. But we will cover that a bit more yeah, time. Yeah, I know how to play it a bit yeah. more. Yeah. And then from there, I went on a bit of a spending splurge on X-Wing, getting ready for the tournament season this year. So I bought a large number of B-Wings, Z95s, templates. Yeah. <coughs> um, managed to get an absolute... I've been, I've been scrabbling around for a while. In, in the UK, at least, uh, Fantasy Flight Games is legendary at not giving us any stock. Um, stock just goes to other people than yeah. independent stock. Is. So if, if you know X-Wing, um, you, you, you'll know all about the great Millennium Falcon drought of... 2015. Um, if you don't know X-Wing, you've probably worked it out. There if you don't were... know X-Wing, you should. Yeah, basically. There were no Millennium Falcons in the UK, and it was nuts. And then with their stock came in at one point, and just sold out, I managed to find a little... Yeah, they pre-ordered back by months. Yeah, uh, and I managed to get on the large X-Wing, UK, Island, everywhere else group on Facebook, and kind of put out a plea of, I really want a Millennium Falcon! And some guy hit me up, I can't remember the name of the store, but hit me up at a little wargaming store in the middle of nowhere. Didn't have a website, I had to ring them. And they just happened to have one fucking left. Nice. Um, now we're at a point that my girlfriend and I have three. <laughs> three Falcons in the cupboard, a little bit. Well, no, not overkill, I can run that as a list. So it's for get rid of tournament season for that, really. And Dan, we were looking at W.H. Smith's at the weekend with Dan, and I kind of got a call over of Matt. They've got new X-Wing, Matt. I kind of went running over and there's Dan crouched at the bottom of the shelves, grinning like an incredibly proud child as he lifts the Force Awakens corset in a halo of light, going, oh, to which I snatched it from his hands and ran away. (laughs) And uh, so I've got got access to the really cool Force Awakens stuff, which I need to build on a little bit more, but I'm really looking forward to using that this year. I'm just pressing, just checking the actual record at this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, guys. Anyway, anyway yeah, so, um, Tom. 
We'll go this way around because actually Dan's week in Wargaming will tie us through nicely for the next part of the show. Fantastic. Well, my week in gaming, I've had two games. One of a game called Kings of War Mm. with a chap called Carl who's quite central to the whole thing with the Level Up, who are our delightful sponsors. Um, I just about beat Carl in our first proper game of Kings of War. Uh, Very close run thing. Lots of ideas on possible house rules and tweaks to the game. But um, I think Kings of War is something we will touch on again another time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, in short, if you if you have a new games workshop before Age of Sigma, they had their Warhammer Fantasy game, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, I suppose was the, original, the initial term. Um, Kings of War is looking to take over that mantle, I suppose. Um, you know, large uh, uniformed regiments of fantasy figures smashing each other's faces in over a nice big table. So, uh, yeah, interesting game. Um, <clears throat> you know, just need to get used to the game itself before going any further with it. Um, and my other game of the week was against Elliot at Malifaux. Mm. And mm. I annihilated him. I'm not going to be around the bush. No. There wasn't even like, I mean, this is like kicking a puppy who's got no legs. I mean, <laughs> one of my guys successfully killed, what, four of your crew? With well, your one guy, you were able to kill my master, my yeah. tank. And and a totem and my totem. So three major powerhouses. Three major characters with one gremlin. So we're talking like a half-sized thing here, with a massive gun just blew him off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then where the guy, Peravage, who's just a nutter with a pig and a flamethrower, mm-hmm. managed to run in, <laughs> kill off my other master, which was <laughs> yep. the Victoria. The other half Ashes. of the, uh, his master set there, and do enough damage to cripple two of his other characters. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Just stompy, killy death. And other than that, got a bit of commission painting at the moment, which Matt has mentioned previously about myself. Um, really beautiful figure. I'm not going to name what it is because it is a gift for somebody who you never know who might be listening. Oh. So the short comments is, I hate painting white. And <laughs> um, that's my week in models and hobby, yeah. How about yourself, Elliot? Um, yeah, I had a game of Malifaux. And yeah, lost a game of Malifaux. I lost a game of Malifaux. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to, just to make a point, we weren't playing... Um, we were still getting the rules down. We were still learning the rules. We weren't playing this... Clearly. this uh, oh, yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elliot's coming up with the fact that he told me a rule that doesn't exist. I got it still right. Well, no, you, you didn't. It. It's not no, half right. right. <laughs> uh, let's I rephrase mean, it. You got it wrong. Got it a bit different wrong. to right. I mean... If I if I knew the rule, which it's supposed to be, I would have lost a lot sooner. Yes. Because I would have... Super- a lot sooner. Um, no, it's, so the game of Malifaux, we weren't playing uh, any s- schemes or strategies. We were just playing a, just like, playing a, a full-out kill, yeah. Um, so that's just my defence into why I lost the game horrifically. But yeah, I, I'm not bitter. I, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, you play more games than me. What are you whining at now? That's true, that. actually. You keep telling us you keep going down to level up playing Malifaux. Doesn't mean I'm any good at it. <laughs> it's good. We, had, we did have quite an interesting game, though. It was fun to learn. Hmm. It was fun. Yeah. And that, I think that was the major thing. Definitely. 
I, I was laughing I really a lot. I enjoyed it. It's just me and Dan in the background going, this dice has how many sides? 20? <laughs> There's too many numbers to count with one. Hand. What do you mean roll an 11? I can't go above a 6. <laughs> it forced me to math. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> and, uh, and I've also been painting uh, my Skitari Legion up, which I'm really enjoying painting. Dentus Mechanicus. Yeah. Mm. Do Red. you remember? <laughs> there something happened in the 41st millennium. <laughs> anyway. So that's it. Yeah, that's, that's my uh, week's... Uh, we can walk gaming, Elliot. Well done. We can walk... Damn it! Alliteration. Dan! Dan, Dan. Look, I don't English good, all right? Okay, my week in gaming. Thanks for that. Sorry. Um, He's punching people. That's Elliot. Yeah. It's been an eventful week. Like, a couple of weeks. Went down to level up, like you said. Mm. Um, got introduced to a new, new game. I went to level up to pick up a, my first box of Malifaux, which is an incredible game. I'm really excited to learn how to play it. But I didn't go down there and play that. <laughs> I sort of got asked if I would like to learn a game called Infinity with Matt, you, Matt. Mm. I was like, yes! <laughs> Please. Can't say no. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. And Bless him, I think his name was Dan. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Dan. Dan, yeah. Yeah. Dan, he was fantastic. Show. He was yeah. so patient. Please listen to us, Dan. I asked you last week and you said you hadn't listened to it yet, so here's your shout-out. If you don't hear it, that's your fault. Yeah. You missed the bus and I will take your US Ariadna from you. Yeah, ah. damn you with your cool name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in- Infinity, incredibly complex. We've been taught the basic version until an individual came in. We, we were taught the basic version. I think it's safe to say that still made me go cross-eyed. Yeah. I was going to be wrong. Like, there are a few bits that are very, very simple to mm. pick up. Like, don't walk out in front of a guy with a yeah, gun, yeah. apparently. To sort of fill in the gap, I suppose, with Infinity, because I've played it a little bit more, mm. um, I've had a good couple of games thanks to uh, a number of chaps down at Level Up. Um, you don't just shoot each other in your turn and then your opponent's turn. You can just at any point in the game shoot at someone if they're stupid enough to walk in front of a person with a gun yeah um, and yeah. so you are constantly an active player so it doesn't matter if your opponent is moving his toys you need to make sure you're paying attention so that when his you know 10 foot dog warrior flies out from behind a building you'll chat with the rocket launcher and go <laughs> and annihilate him I know in this case it was me running out of the building seeing it jumping through a window to get away from it <laughs> And then proceeding to just shoot this big wolfie through the window yeah. and stay there as he shot me with a chain shot gun. Shot you from the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we say chain gun, we don't mean like a, a mini gun or uh, anything like that. We're talking about a gun that fires a chains. A gun that fires and Spits chains. out a ball of chain. Yeah. It's immense. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's quite cool. So I think we will touch on Infinity later down the line. Yeah. Yes. When I'd love to play it a bit more. But we are here to talk about Malifaux. Now, I feel, Dan... But maybe we should hear a word from our sponsor. Indeed. And then you can kick us off with telling us what you bought. A sponsor for us. A sponsor? <laughs> In Africa? They must have found it in the zoo. 
There's a bit of a Monty Python meaning of life there. Yeah, quite a nice. A <laughs> tiger in Africa. Must have escaped from the zoo. So we, yeah, we were here from Level Up and come back, and Dan's going to kick us off with part two of getting started with Malifaux. Yeah. Yeah. Level Up Gaming, your one-stop shop for all your hobby needs. With a large selection of your favourite games, including Malifaux, Infinity, Warhammer, X-Wing, Batman, War Machine, and many, many others, Level Up is the place to grab your hobby fix. With daily events, there's always a reason to play a game or try something new. So go to levelupgaming.co.uk now. Level Up, up your game. And we return. So, Dan... This is a series of getting started with Malifaux, and you've gotten started with Malifaux. How convenient is that, guys? Oh, how so convenient. Oh, my God. It is as if it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> you swine. So, Dan, hey. tell us, what did you buy? Big things. No. Um, I bought a box called Hide and Seek. No, Dan. So, tell us about Hide and Seek. Um, it is a game where you count to 100. Get all your friends together. You get all your friends if you, you have don't any. have any friends. <laughs> oh, wait, guys, this isn't how to play Malifaux, that was how to play Hide and Seek. Oh, uh, that's where I got confused. You don't have any friends. <laughs> anyway, that Dan's really good. That sounds good. That's awesome. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So, tell us about the Hide and Seek box. What attracted uh, you to buying Hide and Seek? Well, purely, not particularly. It's a. Uh, that. Yeah, no. Uh, well, it's just the artwork on the front of the box that initially caught my eye. Okay. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six characters on there. I'm not sure if that one counts. I think it does. Okay. Uh, variating from a very small child called the Dreamer, who is one of the characters. Um, I think he is a master. He is indeed, yes. Um, and then the only thing that really catches your eye <laughs> is the big thing in the background called Lord Chompy Bits. Mm. He is a little bit henge, isn't he? Uh, henge, many, 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 <laughs> many, many eyes and teeth and arms. So very quickly then, Dan, run us through what else you've kind of got in that box. Okay, in this box we have the Dreamer, who is the small child, the master. Um, Lord Chompy Bits, like I said. A character called Coppelius. Uh, you get three daydreams, which look horrific. Um, <laughs> and three elves, where I swear to God one of them is me. He's just there with a club, smoking a stogie. <laughs> that is what Dan likes to do at weekends. Yes. He's yes. Goes clubbing. Hey! That was good. So, what else did you get on top of that box? Oh, uh, you humoured. I know. You humoured so good. Um, I also picked up another tiny little box of the same faction. Um, they're called the Beckners. Mm. Um, if there are any underage kids listening, hold on to your hats. <laughs> uh, no, these two figures are essentially. Would you go as far to say escorts? I would. Ladies of the night. Whores. Sorry. Let's not be around the bush, guys. This is Malifaux. Bad things happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're very scantily clad. Bucks and wenches. Hoes. 
That's a good one. Hose for days. <laughs> um, yeah, showing all the things that would entice said other characters on the game board. Yeah. yeah. Their, uh, their, their general income. Minus tax. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, they, so one, one thing you would have noticed, Dan, is within buying those Malifaux miniatures, yes. everything has a card. Mm. Oh, I am cards. in fact holding oh, you said cards, cards, cards now. Now the cards, the cards are every month. The cards, the cards, the cards. A bit of Princess and the Frog there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah Doctor Vasilier. Yeah, yeah. I was going to keep saying yeah. Intelligent. Right, so everyone comes with these reference cards. This is all kind of, I suppose, it's become more common now. You, you get it with X Wing, you get it with Malifaux, but I think it's this distinct difference for Dan coming from Warhammer Forty Thousand. <laughs> Is that not all of your Necrons had reference cards? Which is really unfair because Necrons, you know, they are individuals. They may be part of a bigger thing, but they deserve some respect. Yeah, they deserve a lot of respect. They do. I mean, soulless, mindless. Well, (laughs) only the current backstory. Yeah. So you can you can with these reference cards, you can buy something called an Arsenal box, which is also what Dan's picked up for the Neverborn, and it's where you get a series of cards for a faction. Where you get all the cards for the miniatures at the moment in there, it's really good. And you get all the upgrades as well. Yeah, a lot of the factions now have two Arsenal decks. One is yeah. Wave One, which is predominantly the stuff that was found in the original rule book and a couple of other bits and bobs. And then the second wave is uh, bringing in some of the newer bits and yeah. sort of bits and characters and stuff. Even the stuff that's not been released yet in yes. some instances. Yeah. Like the brutal FMG. Uh, so going through. The card then. I'll explain to Dan and everyone at home if you're starting at Malifaux. Um, if you have one of these cards or interested, um, if you do have one of these cards in front of you, please feel free to pick it up, have mm-hmm. a look, and um, kind of learn along with us. With a Malifaux. With a Malifaux at the moment. Um, okay, mm. so we're starting. Uh, the card I have in front of me is the Dreamer from Dan's Neverborn Box. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the first thing you notice on the card is, I think, one of the most important things. In the top right-hand corner, there's cost. usually a soulstone cost. Now, Dan, just just to, for ease for everyone here, Dan, what card are you looking at at the moment? Uh, I'm currently looking at the second one in the sort of deck, which is Lord Chompy Bits. Okay, so what we do is we can go. We'll go through Chompy Bits. That's fine, Elliot. I'm looking at Victoria of Ashes. Okay, do you want to flick to a different one a second? That's not a master. Uh, sure. I will be looking at Hannah. Right. Great. Okay. So Hannah, now just... Hannah's a henchman. Uh, yeah. Hannah's a henchman. So we'll go through that in a minute. So a lot of them have a cost. So Elliot, Hannah, does she have a cost? Uh, yes, she does. She has a cost of ten. She is a very expensive. Uh, model. Okay, so when, when we talk about a cost of 10, it's effectively a points value. It's 10 soul stones mm-hmm. with that one, okay. Um, now, Dan has also got a henchman. He's got Lord Chompy Bits, who he's got in his Dreamer box. Dan, what's the cost of Chompy Bits there? Oh, my God, I can't believe this. It's so expensive. It costs absolutely nothing. There we go. Malifaux, <laughs> zero. bad things happen. However, he is... How, well, he has to be linked to the dreamer. Yeah, he does, and we will That's we will touch on that. One floor, <laughs> one floor. <laughs> you can only use him with the dreamer. Now, where's the dreamer's card? The dreamer is a master who I have in front of me, and the dreamer has a cash. Now, there is a certain, I suppose, currency of Malifaux. I think mm. it's so to say it's the soul stones, and having the soul stones in game let you do various different things, such as 
adding flips to cards, focusing, all those sort of bits and pieces. So whereas you don't actually pay any points to your master, mm-hmm. your master comes with a cash. So in this case, the Dreamer gives you three soul stones. Now, you don't always have to have a master leading your faction, mm-hmm. as Elliot and Dan both have in front of them, a henchman. Now, the only exception about Chompy Bits, you can only ever take Chompy Bits with the Dreamer. Ever. Okay. That's the way zero. But in the case of Elliot, he's got mm-hmm. Hannah. Now, he can use Hannah as a henchman to lead his force. Yep. And Hannah's cash is? Is three. Is three. So That's Hannah, right. oh well, if she leads your crew, gives you three soul stones. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now we move down. So at the top of the card, you've got the name of that model. So in this case, I've got the Dreamer. Dan has... Lord Chompy Bits. And Elliot. Hannah. There we go. So that that's, quite frankly, basically put the name of the model. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it's that really that simple. Underneath that, you've got this unit type, I guess the best way to put it? I think it's, yeah. Keyword? Keywords. Um, I, think, I think a unit type is unit better. Time, yeah, so in the case of the Dream, we've got the Master. And it can only really take one Master. Let's play bigger games. Yeah. Um, of course, you don't have to take a Master. You can have a Henchman leading your crew as well. Again, we've touched on both Dan and um, Elliot looking at Henchman there. Because Chompy Bits can only ever go with the Dreamer. Yeah. Okay. So then. says Henchman Rare 1. Okay, so Rare 1 means you can only have one of him. Okay, he's rare. Yeah, because he's rare and there's only one of him. Yes. Which means you can't have 10 Chompy Bits walking around for zero points. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much all, well, I think all of the named characters in in Malifaux will say Rare 1. Yeah. The implication is that in any game you can only have one of them on the table. Okay. Otherwise, they've got some really weird cloning facilities going on. And let's play Age of Sigma, and I'll take ten Archeons. Let's not talk about that. Because you can do that, buddy. Right, so underneath that, you've then got a keyword. So the keyword on the Dreamer, we've got Spirit. Yes. And Dan, the keyword on Chompy Bits, I'd imagine? Uh, nightmare Tyrant. Ooh, that's quite cool. Mm. Dangerous. And Elliot? Uh, Frey Corpse. Frey right. Corpse. So what these mean is, during your construction... Of, of your crew when, you, when you're building it you get certain abilities that will affect certain models with a keyword type yeah I mean to simplify that no, no offense man your key uh, the um, the keyword will be activated by other cards so you may have an action that says all spirits can do this or all uh, Frank or Frakel get to do this I think a really good um Example of that actually would be the Jack Door crew. It's, it's the just, gremlins with the you know, gremlins. Yeah, gremlins. They just have the keyword gremlin, don't they? Uh, well, with the Felia now, they have the keyword kin. They got kin with that one, but it, it's 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 your rules will state it will affect all tormented. Yeah. It will affect all fracor. But it means that you can mix and match different figures from one faction, but your master can only sort of superpower the mm. ones that you know follow his keyword potentially. But there are, you know, for every rule you'll find that there's a sort of an exception to the rule. An accompanying rule sort of thing. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so going down on the card then. Wait. We've got <laughs> We've got our first <laughs> set of stat lines. So Dan, we're gonna do a little bit of guess the stat here. Okay. You know, it's we don't have a catchy game show theme here. But now it's time for which could become a regular fixture actually. Guess the stat, Dan. So what we're gonna do? Guess the stat. 
that will do. Exactly. We'll, we'll record that at some point with some fancy music in the background. We'll use it yeah, for like the, a, our round of guests like the stat. So what we're going to do with this game, which I've just formulated, is we're going to go through the stat line of these cards. And I'm going to put it to Dan, not Elliot. I can't even remember half of them. And so. we're going to see if Dan can work out what these stats are. I think that's quite a fun game. Okay. So, Dan, we are firstly going to start with DF. Okay. The Delta Foxtrot, seen for the first time in this rollerball week. That's the lottery. I'm sorry. I got carried away. <laughs> Dan, what do you think DF stands for, buddy? Do not fornicate with. <laughs> Incorrect. Quite close. <laughs> Actually, weirdly, yeah. Uh, defense? Yes, well done, yeah. mate. So, the, thank you, Tom. The DF is your defense stat. It's how good your character is at not getting punched in the mouth. So, the dreamer, being a small child, is defense four. Yes. Dan, what defense is Chompy Bits? Disappointingly five. Oh, okay, so the dreamer's actually not fragile. It's about whether the hit that hits you will also hurt you. No, yeah, I don't think that's mm. fair to say. And Elliot, Hannah? Defense five. Defense five. So there we go. Um, when it comes to making a defense flip in Malifaux, which is a face-to-face flip, when you flip your card over, you add the defense value to that. What Matt means by face-to-face is that both the attacker and the defender will flip cards. The attacker yeah. will flip against whatever attack they're doing. And uh, whoever gets the highest after adding the card value to the stat value is the winner. Okay, so in the case of an attack down with the Dreamer, you're flipping the card and adding four. So I'm going to move a long one down. WP. Uh, Be polite. Points. No. no. Uh, uh, oh, dear. One more shot. <laughs> um, Would you like to go 50-50? Yes. W. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You've got the power. Okay. <gasps> Wet panties. No, it's oh, also oh, very, oh, it then. very wrong. Right, so oh, WP, Elliot. Willpower. There we go. I gave you half the word power. He did. Yeah. That's true. So I think your willpower is effectively, um, I think it's safe to say, is akin to, if we put it into 40k terms, leadership. Your bravery as such, mm, in a way. Sort of. It's, all, it's all more for resisting, like horror jewels and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's your mental resistance. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, if something's terrifying, you can resist, see if you're not being scared. Again, by defence, you'd flip a car and add that number whenever you need to use the willpower. Especially when you get put in a pine box. Oh, yes, and you'll have something called a TN, which is a target number um, okay. as well. So as Tom said with the pine box example from my death marshals, that come up to you, and you have to win in a willpower duel against the Death Marshal. What that means is I flip a card, add the Death Marshal's WP, Tom flipped a card, add yeah. Ophelia's WP, and whoever got the highest one. In which case, my Death, death Marshal won that one. Stupid Death Marshal. And put the Gremlin in a box. Put my master in a coffin and buried it. <laughs> Carried it around on my back <laughs> for a little bit. That was on your back. So. And then the way to get rid of out of that box, you take a willpower. I think that was a target number, wasn't it? It was always against me. Target number, I think it was like 13 or 15. Yeah, so quite high. In that case, you'd flip a card as your willpower and attempt to get the target number, which is the TN. So, WD, Dan. I'm not even going to attempt to guess that one. Well, you, oh, no, no, you on. got it right a second ago. Just take the first letter and think about 40k. First letter is... W. Then what would that say on the stat line for 40k? Wound. Got oh, it. yeah. 
WD stands for wounds. It's how many times you can get shivved before you die. <laughs> so in which case, yeah. the dreamer has a massive total of six wounds. Mm. Not too bad. Not yeah, too I think bad. what Lady Justice runs around about thirteen or something. She? She's just you shot her to lots of bits. I don't remember. Dead. Dead. But how many wounds does Lord Chompy Bits have done? Ten. Oosh. Elliot? Nine. There we go. So, wounds is, is your wounds. It's how many hits you can take before you go down. I think it's fair to say. So, Dan, I don't need to say the obvious one for this next stab. Okay? <laughs> what I, I does WK what... stand for, Dan? Weak. Wounds? Wound. No. Uh, weakness. No. no. Uh, walking. Yes! Yeah. Right, yes. so your WK stat is how far that model can move when it takes a walk action. Oh, now, at the start of your turn in Malfo, your models get two action points. Yes. Enabling them to do two things, and walking is one of those. You can walk twice. Yeah. In yeah. which case, you'd go walk, take walk. a walk, walk action. Whereas Pantera walk. once sang, respect, walk. So that's how far you move. So, obviously, the Dreamer moves seven. He's actually quite a fast little kid. How far does Chumpy Bits move? Four. <laughs> He's big. Come catch me. <laughs> and hammer. Uh, she uh, touches five. Walks five. Uh, she walks five. So yeah, I was reading again. Okay. So taking a move action costs yes. you one action point out of your two, and you can do that twice. Now CG. It's not computer graphics. No. Oh damn. If you're going to. Courage. No. no. If you're going to go hit someone. Think about movement. Charge. Charge. So, Ooh. if you want to get into melee, you want to do a charge. Oh, no, it is a two action point. Yep. And you move up to your charge distance, and then you get a one action point melee action. We'll get on to that. So, in this case, mm. the dreamer's charge is dash. That child can't be charging anything. Chompy Bits is charged. He is, it's true. Um, Chompy Bits charge. Is six. So that's not quite, quite good actually. It's distinctively faster than his walk is. Well, running usually is. Yeah. And Elliot? Charge is five. I've been running wrong. <laughs> I've been running wrong all my life. Okay, and lastly, now this one might be a bit more, a bit trickier for you to get there, Dan, because it's not something that overly exists. Half time. In 40k. No, it's not half time. But what does HT stand for? Think about it. Height. That was a big clue from Elliot there. He spoiled the game against the stat. It, it, it was either height or length. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Length of HD. Well, you didn't see what actually. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. So, your height in Malifaux is actually a very important characteristic. Mm. Um, Tom. Yeah. Because you recently read up with this because your Kremlin is being a pesky size. Well, they're height one because they're little people. <laughs> it just means that with certain aspects to terrain, um, you know, they, they would be able to hide behind different things with more effect. Now, the other key bonus with height so, if you are height one, and you need to uh, shoot into a situation, let's say where another gremlin is fighting a human who is hyped too, you can potentially shoot into the combat with no negative modifiers. So normally in Warhammer 40k and stuff like that, you can't shoot into a combat because it's too risky, you're going to hit your own men. Where if the person hitting your bloke is twice the size, it's quite easy to pick him out. You aim roughly above the chest. Um, and there are a couple of figures that are higher than height too. I think Lord Chompy Bits is a three or a four. What height is Chompy Bits? He's a height four. Fantastic. Four. So he ain't hiding behind anything for him. No, no. But it's um, it is you know it is a key point. 
some gremlin monsters can instantly kill anything of a height one, so uh, the gremlins actually get a special equipment piece called stilts, which makes them height two, <laughs> just to get around being swallowed up. But uh, no, height height does play a key part, so do keep it in mind when you're picking your force. Yeah, so what we have here is the dreamer, it's height one, chompy bits is height and Hannah height 3 so there we go so height does play a big part so you'll find next thing this is where we get into the real I suppose exciting bit so what makes Malifaux really cool Um, that was oh that was the end of guess the stat Dan you won this time yes well done you get no prize is what you could have won. <laughs> a no prize. A so, Nobel Prize. Now we get to go down into the abilities. Now the abilities are what really brings, in my opinion, um, a lot of the character into this game. Oh, it's because yeah. everyone's going to have different mm-hmm. abilities. So what we're going to do is we'll go through. Um, we'll start with Dan. So I was quite excited there. Dan. So on the abilities list on the front of your card, which one straight away grabs your attention? Uh, pure nightmare. Pure nightmare. So what does pure nightmare do? Uh, this model may not be hired. Mm-hmm. It may only be summoned by the Dreamer. Okay, so you can see there's kind of like almost special rules for that model. Um, only the Dreamer can have Lord Chompy Bits. No other Neverborn Master can. So where you see one, the other will always follow. Very basically. Elliot, give us a Hannah ability. Um, I quite like Arcane Reservoir. Okay. Of plus one, which is, this. It, while this model is in your play, increase the crew's hand size by plus one. Okay, so there we go. And I believe the plus one means she gets that action for free, I think. I'm not 100% you sure You get on that. an extra card. When but you get the extra card. card Increased card plus one. And so we'll go with one. I think we'll go with um, just one for the Dreamer, which will indicate how the Dreamer actually brings up Lord Chompy Bits. And that's one called Release Nightmares. Um, so we've got when this model... Oh, when this model... So it gains um, a condition called Waking Plus Four. And once you gain that, you summon Lord Chompy Bits within six inches and line of sight of the Dreamer. And then you remove the Dreamer from the table. So that's, that's how cool. Chompy Bits... Yeah, Chompy Bits doesn't start on the table. Is effectively, the Dreamer wakes up in the real world and Chompy Bits appears. So from that point, you've also got... Mm. You know, some people... Another one with the Dreamer here, you've got Pleasant Dreams... And Pleasant Dreams is when another friendly model activates within six inches of the Dreamer, it immediately heals three damage. Nice. Wow. From that, you know, so you hang on, that's quite cool. So, Which is good, because the end of Pure Nightmare, it says when this model is summoned, it does not gain slow. Instead, it suffers three damage, which cannot be reduced or prevented. So it will still suffer the three. It means it suffers. This is the Dreamer heals people. Okay. Until you replace it. Until you replace it up, which is quite cool. So you'll know flipping over the card brings you up your attack actions. Um, which are always cool. Everyone again has different attack actions. Dan's <laughs> laughing to himself. So Dan, yes. which attack action? Do you know, if I talk through this one first, yeah. and you can read through and tell us about one of Lord Chompy Bits. Does that sound good? So the attack action of the Dreamer is called Twist Reality. Now, you'll notice there's a number in brackets before the attack. Mm-hmm. That's how many action points it takes to do. So in the case of the Dreamer, it's one action point. Now if we go next to it, it's got SH6, which means it's a shoot attack of 6. Now this is where the defence stat comes into it, like we said. So, if he was targeting Hannah, for example. Yep. Hannah's defence? Hannah is defence 5. Defence 5. So, what Dan would do, if he was using his attack, he'd flip a card and add 6 to it. 
and Elliot would flip a card and add five. Yeah. So, Tom, do you want to take us through what happens from that point? So, if you flip the cards, mm-hmm. what, how's victory in that face-to-face flip kind of decided? So, as, you know, as Matt touched on there, you'd flip the relative card for each player, add the stat to it. Now, if the attacker scores higher once everything's added together than the defender, he has scored a successful hit. However, if the defender, with the flip that he gets, equals or beats the total the attacker has, so do bear in mind that is equal or beat, mm. then the defender wins and no damage happens. Once you've gone through the, um, sort of the actual process of hitting somebody, you then do a flip for damage. Now, each action will have something that goes along with that. Now, normally, in Malifaux, you have three types of damage. You have weak, moderate, and severe, which are represented on the cards when you flip them. But effectively, I think it's one to five is weak damage, six to ten. So this is on your card itself. Six to ten is moderate, and eleven plus is severe. And the only one better is the Red Joker, which gives you both the severe and weak damage added together. And the worst one is the Black Joker, which does zero damage completely. Now, when we say weak, moderate, severe, you'll just see when you do get hold of a card, it has three numbers. You know, it'll be zero, one, two, one, two, four. So I think for the example of this yeah. attack, it's one, two, four. <coughs> yeah, so the one is the weak damage, obviously, two is the moderate, and three is severe. That is what you do to your opponent. There is no armor saves, there is no you know, invulnerability save, there's no ward save. You don't get to flip against the damage itself as a standard rule. And I do say that because there are effects in the game where when you get hurt, you can run away, you can get bonuses. So the gremlins have a special rule called squeal if they're hurt in combat. Um, When they do a defense flip, if they get a matching suit to what you ask them to do, we kind of mentioned suits last time, Mm. if you do match then the gremlin can instantly be pushed out of the combat or away from the damage four inches, which means they quite happily run away um, without suffering any negatives. So, although you don't stop the damage, you may still have an effect to it. I think the other one that's worth noticing as well is the total. So, mm. whatever Dan flips or Elliot flips, whatever the difference is in number. So, for example, if Dan flipped to 12, and Elliot, or Elliot in his defence, so I got a 12, Dan got an 18, there's a five difference. And that dictates how much damage you do. You either yeah. get like negative, we flip two cards, pick the lowest, or straight damage, which is a straight flip, or plus, we pick two cards, get the highest. That does come into it. But then you've got the suits. Oh, and they've got range next, the dual borders. Then you've got the range. So, just reality, the Dreamer can either do it as a shooting attack with 12 inch range, or now Malifaux is one of many games that actually has a range for melee attacks. So, in this case, it's all within one inch as well. Yeah, just to represent either you having a weapon. Or being a much closer slapping. Oh, well, that means it's a melee attack. If it's yeah, if it's ML, it means it's melee. It's a hit. I'm going to punch you in the head. Physical attack, attack with yeah. your body. And as Tom touched on, you do have if you flip a suit, um, one of the four suits in the game, you do get an additional effect. We'll call it a trigger. Then. Trigger. Yeah, there we go. If you, and you get different triggers. So, for example, with the dream. If you flip a mask, you get something called feed on dreams. And after damaging. Friendly nightmares within six inches and line of sight of the target may move up to their walk towards it. So that's quite useful. And the dreamer can hit something, and all nightmares. I'm assuming it's anything with the keyword nightmare. Correct. Gets to move six inches towards whatever the dreamer hit. Yeah. Even if it's with the shooting attack. So Dan, do you want us, um, have a look at one of Lord Chompy Bits' attacks? Have a look. Uh, da, 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 da. 
six inch teeth. Okay, so Lord Chomperbits gets the option to attack someone with his six inch teeth. So, Dan, t- what we've just been through. So, how many action points did to do that attack? Uh, one action point. Wonderful. Uh, it's melee seven mask. Okay, so that mask next to the melee seven means it's got the mask built into it already. So, that's one of your suits for any triggers yeah, that you might resist. need. Okay, resist. DF. Okay, so that means your opponent is when you hit them, they're doing a defence flip. So that's how you resist the attack. Yeah, Yeah. you're flipping a card, adding the defence to it. Okay, BRG. Okay, it's the range. Range. Okay. So the claw marks mean it's a melee attack. (coughs) Range Um, one. Yeah, if it's a shooting attack, you've got a little gun on there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and what's the damage output on that Uh, gun? Target suffers 335 damage. Oh, that's quite... It's not bad. It's good, because your average damage on that one is going to be... Um, more of averages there. You're looking at 6, 11, 5, yeah. three, 3, and a half. So you are you know, you, you are hedging your bets to doing quite a hefty whack of damage. I mean, most attacks kind of do a 1, 2, 4, or a, yeah. you know, a two, 2, 3, 4. So it's pretty much his beat stick. So why don't you tell us about one of the triggers on it, then? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the triggers... Uh, disembowel. Okay, so let's have a look at the suit on that one. So, in order to get disembowel, you need to get the crows, which are the two. And a ram. And ram. Is it, is it and a ram? Fire? Yeah. So, because oh, they're so do, vicious, yeah. the attacks, Lord Chompy Bits needs to have more than one suit mm. to, do the, uh, to do the disembowel. But that is because, what does it do, Dan? Yeah. Um, after damage, damaging. Kill the target unless it discards two cards or two soul stones. So the person hit has to discard cards from their hand, which is how you, uh, as we mentioned last time, cheat fate, how you make your uh, attacks stronger. Yep. Um, or lose two of your commodity or currency of soul stone, which can help you elsewhere in the game. So if uh, if Lord Tompkins just run up to your master or your, your opponent's master and go, mm, disembowel, they're going to have to throw away some really important stuff just so they don't instantly die. So that's quite a um, quite a scary attack. Yeah, it is, it is quite horrible. So, Elliot, do you want to talk us through one of the attacks that Hannah has? Uh, sure. Her only attack is Ghost Sensor, which is melee 6 with the built-in trigger of Tome. Uh, resist is damage, and the range is 3. Okay. Um, She's in a massive mech suit, so she's reaching out and punching things from a long distance. Uh, The damage is two, four blast, and then six blast blast. So that means she punches stuff so hard, there's explosions. Yeah. Basically. Um, And one of her triggers is two tones, uh, visions of the void. Now it's worth saying, because she's already got a tone built in. All you need to do is flip an additional ton. Yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> after damaging, each model damaged must perform a TN 13. So horror. TN stands for target number. All right, so target number 13 horror duel. So what that means is you're flipping a card and adding your WP, your willpower, mm-hmm. and you're targeting 13 or over. Right. Literally means it means your target is 13, you flip a card, add your willpower, you need to get 13 or over. So what happens if you were to fail that horror duel? So what does it say on the effect again? Um, after damaging, each model damaged must perform a target number 13 uh, horror duel. Okay, I believe what it is, again, I'll need to double check the rule books off the top of my head. I believe the horror duel is that you get paralysed if you lose it. 
Which means you take zero actions, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you can't take any actions. Because you were scared. So that means you hit something so hard on that that you can cause explosions and your possible trigger is down to zero actions. Oh, wow. And that only carries on to, like, the end of that turn. I think you need to pass a horror duel again to get out of it. Again, I'm not 100%. I'm not... Yeah. That's not gospel yeah, on that because need to, that need to look into the rule book. We've not really come to that far yet in our games. But then again... I mean, with my guild versus Tom's Gremlins or Tom's Gremlins versus Elliot's Outcasts, we've not really had to come across horror jewels yet. No. So, again, that is something I'm looking forward to doing, is definitely playing more of this game. So then, we're going on with... The next thing you've got on your cards are your tactical actions. Now, again, everyone has these, and they're all going to be different. But judging by your face, Elliot, I don't believe... Does Hannah have tactical actions? She doesn't. She has another attack action. But, but okay. it's like a tactical. So, let's have a look. I'm just going to have a look at Alex's card a second. Sure. So, no, she doesn't. She, he, but th- is, those are two attacks. But it is a bit like, because if you read the... So one of the targets. Yeah, that is, but that is, I can... So, you've got, mm. that'll be listed as an additional attack. Now, some people do have more than one attack options. If we have a look here at the Dreamer and his tactical actions. So, for example, the Dreamer, for one action point, can do something called Daydreaming. And now it's cast on a 7, and the target number is a 14. Mm-hmm. So, what that means is if it's cast on a 7 and target number 14, Dan? Yes. Maths. So, you're casting Sorry. something on a 7, and your target number is 14. Seven. Exactly. So, that means when you flip a card, you add 7 to it, you need to get 14. Um, now, what that lets you do is, if you cast it successfully, is summon one daydream within 6 inches of that model... And it gains a condition cool. um, called Waking. Again, that will be in the rulebook. I'm not I'm so much sure what that does. We'll need to learn for when you play games down there. And then, yeah, then you can like reduce bits and pieces. But what it does, it's got a built-in mask to it. Uh, meaning is if you flip another mask, if you flip a seven of masks on that total, Dan, yeah. you get Slumbering, the trigger. And after succeeding, summon an Alp. Ooh. Yes. So you get to summon more of those little stogie smoking under the bed trolls, <laughs> which are quite uh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you want to take us through now? Does Chompy Bits have tactical actions? He has one. Okay, so Chompy Bits. Unlike Hannah, Chompy mm. Bits does have a tactical action. Sure. And what does that do there, Dan? It's called Sleep My Child. Um, sacrifice this model. If a friendly dreamer is unburied due to this action, it does not gain slow from the dreamt. Okay, so that basically allows you to take Chompy Bits off the table and put the Dreamer back on again. Okay. I don't know. There's probably a tactical reason for doing that. In fact, actually, maybe if Chompy Bits was really wounded... Yeah, you get to kind of refresh him. You've also got the Dreamer's ability to heal his chums. Yeah. So, again, chums. As much as you want to stay there going massive beat stick mode... You can go, I'm going to pull him away and heal some people, the Dreamer, then bring him back out again. Mm-hmm. Which is quite cool. So, I get that. I mean, that, that's, that's a bit... Oh, and it's worth saying, actually, on the back of the card, in the bottom right-hand corner, it tells you what size base the model's on. It does, which is very handy. Yeah, if you like your if, conversions. Uh, if the model hasn't come out yet, then it's handy to know what size base you want to make a version of it for. Yeah. And the Dreamer. 30mm base, which I think is standard for Malifaux. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's 50 millimetre. And she's huge. Yeah. Uh, 
Chubby Bits is also 50. Yeah, and it does seem that the big, big, big things are on the 50 mil. So that's basically, that. that is the rundown of the card. And I, I think, aside from, I think that's mainly the basic mechanics as well kind of covered yeah, as well. I'd agree. Elliot. talks about cheating fates. Ah, now, cheating fate, yes, is when you're playing the game, you do have a hand of cards, like in any card game, really. And what you can have the option to do that is say I was going to flip. In fact, Elliot, why don't you explain to us what cheating fate is? Okay, so me and Dan are having a duel. Dan and I. It's, sorry. <laughs> Dan and I are having a duel, and I've just gone and attacked Daniel, and I've scored an 18, and Daniel's flipped, and he's got a 17. Daniel uh, is losing, but he can cheat fate of going into his uh, uh, card hand, uh, what's it called? I had it here. Uh, Crew's hand, and putting down a higher card from your hand to cheat to make your number higher so you would win the duel in that case in more okay. di- I think in a more direct way of putting it is if Dan, if you are losing so if you are on the losing side of the duel, you okay. have the option of cheat fate, where you can take a card from your hand, put it on the table to beat your opponent that's what I was trying to say but very long windedly and then if your opponent's losing, your opponent gets the option to play a card from their hand to beat you, and it stops that so if you okay. have in your hand, if you have some really high cards, we're talking 12s, 13s, and you don't want the Dreamer to get swatted into the floor, and Elliot goes, i got a 14, you go, well, actually, I can put down this, like, I flipped, I don't know, a 4, I'm losing, in fact, I put down this 12. Now, the other thing that's really useful for is, we touched on before, the gap between the two totals is how much damage you take. Um, cheating, you can bridge that gap effectively can't you you can close that so you you have less chance of taking the high damage yeah you you bring that sort of that attack just to a point where it's not entirely against you you do have a chance of uh, redeeming yourself out the other end of it yeah and I think that's the basics of Malifaux so Dan how are you kind of finding it after the rundown of the cards there bud um it's not as complex as I thought it was when I was first looking for it yeah yeah um which is a good thing you find with a lot of games that once you step away from Games Workshop as from the outside, they do look hellishly confusing. You know, there's suddenly a whole new terminology for different effects. You've got, rather than just having a standard I hit, I shoot, I run away, and all this kind of stuff, you've got different names or different ways of doing it. But you also have fewer figures to worry about. So rather than having 50 models on a table of which you're trying to memorise everything they do, where you're going to have eight figures and you've got a card that tells you exactly mm. what they do and you can sit and think every turn. Um, but it is, you know, it's once you start getting head around what's effectively the new basics, it very quickly all falls into place, which is um, which really is a fantastic thing. I was going to say, this is going to be a lot easier than <coughs> the previous... I, if honestly, I think like, you'll find it easier than like 40k. Down. Codex every... Seconds. Yeah, I think you'll find this more accessible, yeah. and I think that's that's another appeal of this game, isn't it? Is that no, you know, a small model count, and it's it's accessible. Mm. Now, when when we go into looking at schemes and strategies, which isn't something we've had a go at yet, no. personally, because we just want to get our heads around the basic mechanics. But these are your scenarios and your way of getting your victory points. Now, we, it has been said to us that it is possible for your whole crew to be wiped off the table. You've still won the game <laughs> <laughs> And that kind of stuff like it's it's interesting that like you could have a centre point 
I think it's tough to it does that. Yeah. And every turn that you have a model within or base contact with it or something, you get one victory point. Okay. And that stacks up over the turns. Very so quickly, especially if you've got a fast army. Yeah, you can just go up there, hug that point, and get that victory point every time. And it would, Elliot will then Is have to one shoot you off each model that's in base contact. Um, the one that I played, the one that I learned, it was Turf War, where you had to have two models within six inches. We'll have to double check the rule book each. on yeah. that one, because this is one zero action a turn guy again. Yes. Yeah, the, chap who, um, <clears throat> the chap who helped Elliot learn seems to have taught him some rubbish as well. So we're trying to unlearn the wrong and replace mm. it with the right. Um but uh, yeah, but uh, there are some where you get any character of yours that's within an area of a, of a, a scheme or strategy, effectively a, a mission objective point, um, will score you a victory point. If you imagine you've got an opponent sat on one, and you do the dreamer's ability that drags all of your nightmares towards that character, you go from having one person near an objective to six or seven. That's pretty fantastic. So there's a lot of synergy. You know, you want to try and find links in this game. What makes people work? So a good example of that, when I was playing Elliot, I used pretty much just two characters, um, one of whom would walk and then grab one of my gremlins, throw him eight inches up the table and then make him activate straight away so he could then go off and shoot someone mm. in a really good position. Um, and, you know, you, you find that little little tricks, little things that help you, and suddenly the game just explodes. You've got this amazing ability of just interconnecting characters, additions to your forces, things that support in one way, helping others, you know, and it's, um, it really is just a huge, awesome world. Yeah, again, it's massively characterful as well, but yeah. it's, you'll find as well on a 40k, which is like, go forward, kill, die! Yeah. This game has him. a bit more I could shoot, or I could go and grab onto that and uh, just hold it <laughs> and get the yeah. points for it. So I think going from that point is we'll play some more games. We'll definitely get you playing some games. Um, yeah. Again, we're, we're, we're all at sure. Beachhead at Bournemouth Bic this weekend, yep. mm-hmm. which there may very well be a Malifaux demo <coughs> happening. I'm not sure if there is. But in the case that there might be... There's a Malifaux tournament. There is indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're coming down to the Beachhead event at Bournemouth Bic, uh, I believe it's only £5 to get in on the door, something like that. If you've got Saturday off, and that'll be Saturday the 20th, I think, of February. Do, yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Do come down. If you see us, excellent. You probably won't know what we all look like right now, because there's only one picture of three of these guys, and they, they've all changed the way they look a little bit. Yes, it's back from November. <coughs> but we'll be there. Um, I'm definitely looking forward. Yeah, we've all had sex changes. No. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to running around the hall. Um, Naked. Yeah, and getting chucked out again. No, I mean, I know there's an X-Wing tournament going on at the same time, and I'm not flying it, because um, I did the Nationals at the Games Expo last year, and I missed all the cool Saturday stuff, and got kind of left with the con day three most of the traders have gone home. It's so. a tidy update. Yeah, so I don't really want to miss it. So I'm not going to fly that, but I'm personally hoping to grab some X-Wing bits I haven't got yet. Dan, yeah. what are you kind of hoping to see there? Um, just see games of Malifaux in action. Yeah. Just really try and get you to actually have a go at playing yeah, yeah, some yeah. Malifaux. It could be quite cool. Yeah, too. <laughs> and then yeah. toys. Yes. <laughs> toys. When mm. is it again? It's Saturday 20th. 20th. <laughs> no, the big letters that say payday the day before it. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
square 16. Oh, I've got not enough time to build them. No, You've but got plenty of time to build them. <laughs> That's the true, I see you do. Okay, I'll just not go into But one. if someone's having a demo game, they'll have model units. Have things you can borrow, yeah. And Elliot, what about you? What am I looking forward to? Well, yes. Um, meeting. Going on a journey. <laughs> We're going on an adventure. Being seen in public with people. Yeah, and they're a straining old to take it away. <laughs> Getting out of the house, that'd be nice. Being in public with people who like to, uh, you know, associate with me, or not by choice, uh, for that matter. Um, Assumption is the mother of one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being being seen with people in public, that's no, quite but nice. Ser- seriously now, Elliot, yeah. enough, of the, <laughs> enough of the yeah. B-list uh, comedy uh, stand-up. It wasn't be less anyway. Anyway, now I'm going to be looking forward to seeing like-minded hobbyists because I've only really seen fat-bearded middle-aged men. (laughs) That's just us. Middle-aged. No, like because I've only ever met with Games Workshop guys because I've only done that hobby. So it'd be nice to see what kind of other people do the hobby like from what normal range people. normal people yeah seeing normal people and also seeing you know models which I might be interested in in investing in and buying and learning the rules for if you've never been it's to a non games workshop orientated event the first thing you'll notice is that the people look the same uh, the the key difference will be two is eyes, that, yes, is a it? nose, mouth, <laughs> two arms, possibly a leg. Um, the one thing that you will find is that they are far more open about their hobby and far more interested in your hobby. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not damning all Games Workshop uh, enthusiasts, but there is a recurring theme that if you were to put Games Workshop enthusiasts in a room with people who play, let's say, historical games, the conversation will definitely not be about Warhammer. Uh, sadly, it will just become a bit of a grumble about how the rules are complicated. Um, but that's quite a broad stereotype, uh, and these large independent-style events really do draw some fantastic minds together. Mm. Some of the creativity will blow you away. It's amazing. That's what I'm so, looking forward to. Good. And Tom? Um, rule books. Now, it sounds really sad. I've reached a point in my gaming experience now that I have thousands of toys that don't ever get used. I'm currently building 200 figures for American Civil War gaming, and I've got two rule sets, and I want to pick up a third, if not possibly a fourth. Uh, I've got some World War II stuff. Again, I've got three rule sets for that, and I definitely <laughs> want to pick up the fourth. I even know what it's called. Um, but it's also getting a possibility of meeting some of the the rules writers and rules developers and just seeing, you know, just asking a couple of questions. Um, become a bit of a, uh, not a purist in any way when it comes to gaming um, outside of it, but I know what I'm looking for. I know which companies have got a good name for good reasons. And it's also nice to see some of the smaller companies out there you know really getting to show off their wares that are very difficult to see online yeah uh, especially again in the historical world you get a lot of people who very much work out of their basement or garage or whatever or even out of their shed so it's um yeah it'll be good to just see hopefully see some new faces and also see some faces i recognize them uh, some of the chaps running it from employment. I know a couple of guys there, so we're going to have a good old natter, I'm sure, and spend a lot of money that I don't have. <laughs> I've spent a lot of money that I shouldn't spend, but yeah. I want more spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to be the Robert Alliance. I'm sorry. Never. 
Right, so that, that basically that. ties up our episode two. Hey, do you like that tie? Up, uh, ties up with actually tie yeah, fighters. That was accidental. Um, right, so yeah, that that um, basically wraps up. So in the usual wrap off kind of thing, um, please like us, share us, communicate with us through Facebook on facebook.com dot Tenth mm-hmm. Company. We're on the Twitterverse, which is twitter.com. Tenth underscore company, which I'm sure Elliot's going to do more with. I am going to do, be doing more with. I've been a bit rubbish, bogged down. Nah, with the one. Um, please, on that one, do check out our sponsors with levelupgaming.co.uk as well. Lots of fine toys. Mm, toys galore. Get your hashtag hobby for days. Hobby for days. 